0: To the book of Habakkuk this afternoon, the book of Habakkuk. That's in the last section of your Old Testament in the Minor Prophets. Nothing minor about the Minor Prophets. They just have a little bit less of a page number there, just a little smaller there. Uh, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. Habakkuk, all right. Praise the Lord. Well, let's pray. Father, Lord, we need you this afternoon. God, I pray that you'd help me to remember those things I've studied. And Lord, I, I just thank you for the great opportunity, the grand opportunity to be here amongst fellow believers. Lord, thank you for these uh, dear brothers and sisters in the Lord. And Lord, we pray, Father, as we look to your word, that you please help us to glean truth. Lord, that we would uh, be changed, challenged. Lord, help us this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll just uh, bear with me this morning, I've got my notes here. I am a note preacher, all right? Y'all don't make fun of me. That's how I preach. That's what the Lord uh, allowed me to do. And that's why I'll continue to do it. Uh, but they're here on this tiny little little phone here. And maybe I can convince my wife to get me one of those phones that folds open. Amen. And I'll, This will be a good excuse to get one of those. <laughs> All right. But uh, let's, let's, let's read here in Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse number 1. The Bible says, The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Pastor, what's my time limit here? All right, yes, sir, yes, sir. All right, we'll make sure I stay in in, in line there. Amen. Well, Habakkuk is in an interesting time period um, he, he is right there, in, he's a contemporary of, not contemporary in a bad way, amen. he's a contemporary of Jeremiah, Nahum, and Zephaniah. And the nation of Israel, well technically, Judah specifically, has went into apostasy. Uh, they had just had a great, wonderful revival underneath the King Josiah. One of, one of the, the best revivals in the nation, but... Unfortunately what we see is that the people they they were willing to follow the leader in formal uh, you know religious things but they didn't allow that to creep into their heart so as soon as the leader changed their 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 desire for God died as soon as soon as somebody else stepped onto the scene that had a different direction they would w- be willing to follow him as well and that's exactly what happened they they had a man show up his name was Jehoahaz and he only lasted for about 3 months And then after him, they had another man named Jehoiakim. He lasted for about 11 years. And after him, there was another man named Zedekiah. And uh, yeah, Zedekiah, he he was just, he really just... Did the nation end completely? I believe he was about eleven years as well. Uh, but what we see here in this particular period of time is, is is the nation is just going after false idols. They're going after false worship. There's there's debauchery. There's wickedness. There's ungodly things happening. the The, the Bible says that the the priests and the prophets were uh, giving false visions, and, and they're, they're 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 leading the people away from God. It almost sounds like twenty twenty three. Amen. But but what I see here in the very first verse is something astounding, that even though in Habakkuk's day it's said in chapter 1, in verse number 1, it says, the burden which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. Did you know in the middle of a society that was going against God, there was a prophet? In the middle of a world that was going down the tubes, there was a man of God. In, in, a, in the day of apostasy, I have found that our God is able to make us stand. We can still be right with God in the middle of a terrible situation. We can, we can be as close to God as we want to be, and it doesn't matter about anybody else's walk with God. It's not going to jeopardize our fellowship with Him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that good that God would deal with us in that way? Yes, we know even in our nation, we ourselves personally and individually, we're, we're seeing some very terrible results from the way that the nation is, is headed. Isn't that right? Anybody bought gas lately? Yeah. Amen. Anybody bought eggs? I haven't because my boy's allergic, so God spared me from that. Praise the Lord. But hey, we're, we're feeling some effects of other people's sins in our lives, but you know what? That does not infringe on our ability to have communion with the God of the universe. And I I am persuaded that the Bible says that if we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. And in a day, in 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 a terrible day, right on the cusp of being led away into Babylonian captivity, there's a prophet of God. And right in the middle of our nation, when it looks like we're fixing to just fall off the cliff, there can be some people that stand up for the name of Jesus Christ. You can be a Christian in a corrupt society. But there's something else that I I see here in verse number 1. It says, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. He had sight. You know how Habakkuk the prophet was able to see? He was aligned with the Lord. He he, he saw through the lens of Scripture. And and, and I'll tell you, the only way that you're going to be able to have clear vision in our day is to see things through the filter of the Word of God. If, If you don't, what you're going to end up doing is what they did back in the day of Judges and do what's right in your own eyes. And that is a scary thing. If you remember what Jeremiah said about your heart. It is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know? It, it's, it's a terrible, rotten mess down in there. And if you follow your heart, there's no telling what depravity that you can find yourself in the middle of, or or being involved in. So what we need, just like Habakkuk needed in his day, we need to be able to see. But we know the only way that we're go being, going, uh, the only way that we're going to be able to see properly is if we have the Scriptures. The Bible says in Psalm one nineteen, and verse number thirty, I believe, the entrance of thy words giveth light. The Bible says that it is a lamp unto our feet. A light unto our path. The Bible says in Psalm 119 and verse number 18, Excuse me. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. The only way that you and I are going to be able to, be, be, be able to see is if we have the Scriptures. Amen. And, and, you, and you'll never see how serious it is until you start getting into the Word of God. Let's, let's look here in verse number Three it says, Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to hold grievance? For spoiling and, and violence are before me, and, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore, the law is slacked. Last part of the verse says, Wrong judgment proceedeth. You know, when Habakkuk was looking at the world, through the lens of Scripture, he, he, he didn't see entertainment. He saw iniquity. I'm telling you this afternoon, if you've not got the Bible in your mind, if you've not got the Scriptures in your heart, then you're going to observe things that God hates and enjoy them. But if you'll have the Scriptures and they'll be re- constantly renewing in your mind, you'll be able to see Clearly, see, uh, he, he did not see a good time when these people were going away from God. He saw grievance. You know what it is to grieve? That's, that's sorrow over death. He saw the nation's relationship to God was dying. It grieved him at his heart because he saw things clearly through the Scripture. You know what? He didn't see activism. He saw spoiling and, and violence. He didn't see conservative commentators. He saw strife and contention. He did not see Republican versus Democrat. He saw lawlessness and corruption. And, and if, you'll, if you'll let the Scripture be your guide, you'll be able to truly see. You'll have a clear vision for what is ahead of you. But let me, let me say this. In verse number one, it says, The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. So he's a prophet. He's right with God. And a day when everyone else is going the wrong direction. He's able to have vision because he's got a verse, amen. He's he's got the scripture so he can see. But that didn't cause him to hate those people that he was looking at. You know, we've got an attitude, we've got a reputation actually of, bless God them sodomites and hey, I'm not for sodomites. And I use the term sodomite because that's a Bible word. You'll ever guess where I learned that word from? Thank you, Pastor. Thank God for a pastor that preaches the Bible. Amen. I didn't learn how to say a bunch of slang words about people. I learned Bible words and how to use those properly. But we see these people, they don't know what gender they are. They don't know what's going on in their life. In fact, they've, from the time that they were born, their parents... Just took them and they, they began to mold them and shape them after the society's slant. Amen. They, they, they put them in the public school and they were educated into this horrible depravity and all that. They don't even know. They don't even know. They don't know that it's a sin against God. they they probably never even seen a Bible. And so you've got us Christians and hey, listen, I, I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. God help me. But I see, that, I see that person in the Ella J. coffee shop. And it's clearly a man. But they're dressed like a woman. And you think, this is North Georgia. What in the world? Or you, you go down and you hold gospel signs at the square... And you've got two sodomite women walking across. They're not even in the crosswalk. It's kind of indicative of their rebellion in general, amen. But, but they say, that we're brainwashed. And I yelled back that we're actually bloodwashed, but amen. Uh, I thought that was, that, was, that was pretty neat. But, you know, the, the inclination of a heart a lot of times can be, oh, well, well man, I hate those people. I, th- those people deserve to get what's coming. And if you spend all your time listening to people like Matt Walsh or Ben Shapiro or whoever the cool guy is nowadays, I don't know. But if you listen to those guys all day long, then you're just looking for a a zinger. You just want to get one over on them, right? But that's not what Habakkuk had in his heart. In verse number one, it says, The burden. The burden. The observation of these people's wickedness did not cause Habakkuk to despise or to berate his fellow citizens. It caused him to mourn over their impending doom. You see, when we, when we see those people, they're not just objects of scorn. They're, they're people that God has created in His image who have eternal souls that will spend their, their, their eternity in one place or another, either, either heaven or the lake of fire. And when, when we as Christians, yes, we're right with God in the day of apostasy. Praise God. We can see because we've got the King James Bible. Hallelujah. We can know and understand that what is happening in our nation is against God. But what are we going to do with it? We've got to have a burden for those people who are bound up in their delusion. They don't know any better. And listen, Habakkuk did not support He he did not make excuses for their wickedness, but He did not delight in the thought of their demise. And and I'd like to point this out. In verse number 1, it says, The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. Whose burden is this? It's Habakkuk's. It's his burden. Now, a lot of times when we read the Scripture, we'll see a burden that God has, and God gives that burden to a man to communicate the people. God God will tell a man, hey, go tell those people I love them and I care for them and I'm going to bring chastisement and punishment upon them to keep them from going off the cliff, let them know I'm doing this in love, I've got a burden for them. And we expect that of God, amen? Aren't you glad we can talk about God like that? The, The Bible says, hereby perceive we the love of God that He laid down His life for us. Isn't that right? Praise God, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That's that's what God did for us. He had a burden, but this is not God. This, This is not God's burden. This is Habakkuk's burden. And if you and I are ever going to be effective in our work of the Lord, if we're ever going to get anything done, we've got to get our own. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul. In Romans chapter 9, I'm going to turn there because I can't remember specifically. And I want to make sure I quote the Bible right. The Bible is important. Amen. And I want, I want to quote it right. But, but, but the Apostle Paul had a burden for his people. The Bible says in Romans chapter 9 and verse number 1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. He's saying, listen, y'all, this is the truth. This is really how I feel about this. Verse number 2. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. And chapter 10, verse number 1, it says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now... Paul, it seems, from the text, and and, and someone who knows the Bible better than I do, I, I I would hope that you'd correct me if I'm incorrect in my exposition, but it almost seems that Paul said, Lord, I'll give up my salvation if you'll save my brethren. I could wish myself a curse from Christ for my breath. He's like, "Lord, I've got such a burden. I know that you've got me in the palm of your hand and I know that my my eternal security or my eternal life is secure in you. But but if I could, Lord, I'd give it up because I want them to be saved. I don't want them to go to hell." When's the last time you thought that when you saw the, the meme on Facebook? When's the last time that instead of making a joke about the people who can't figure out what gender they are, we prayed for them? You got a burden? I'm glad God's got a burden for us. Isn't that good? He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Are you? Or would you rather just get one over on? I want to have a burden. And and, and, and the question is, what is a burden? It is a personal responsibility. It is taking on yourself the care of those people who are headed to destruction. Do you know what Habakkuk's name means? It means to embrace. When he saw the need of these people... He wanted to gather them into his arms and hold them close and say, Trust God. Trust God. Get right with God. He's the answer, He's the solution. Jesus is the only one that can help you. He's the only one that has the answer, but He's got the answer. But you know who God has given the answer through? Me and you. Me and you. We have got to get a burden for the lost. We need to stay right with God in the day of apostasy, amen. We need to be able to be in the scriptures. I think the biggest problem that us Christians have is biblical illiteracy. We just don't know what the Bible says, so we don't know what is right. We don't know what is wrong. When we look at iniquity, we confuse it for something else because we haven't looked at what the Bible has said about it. But We need to take that knowledge and that understanding and the enlightening of the Holy Ghost within us and develop a care and a burden for those that are out of the way. So, my, my question to you this afternoon is in this short message, I think the, the, the point is still made. Do you have a burden? Do you have a burden? You know what a burden will do? To back the prophet, when he had a burden, he cried out, "O oh Lord.